welcome to our podcast, Clear as Mud, where we talk to game developers from all walks of life to discuss their personal and professional journeys. I'm your host this week, Graham Waldrop. As always, our show is presented by Mudstack, the only asset management and collaboration platform custom-built for game studios and digital artists. For more information, head on over to mudstack.com. On today's show, you'll get to know Daniel Peterson. By day, he works as an artist at the game development studio Synodic Arc, and he also works as a teacher. By night, he's developing what could be the next great iteration of the kart racer in Chaos Kart with a small but hungry team looking to make their mark in the well-trodden genre. Our conversation focuses mainly on what separates Chaos Kart from other kart racers, how he's able to put in the time necessary to create his passion project, and tips and tricks on working with contractors. Without further ado, here's our interview with Daniel Peterson. All right, so Daniel, tell me, tell me more about the, the company, Baca Bros Entertainment. That's your own, that's your own company you started, right? Yeah, so I started Baca Bros Entertainment in 2019. Um, I had a few good ideas for games, or at least the games I thought were had were good ideas. But um, yeah, so I finally figured out how to like do the whole business thing and like start an LLC. Um, at the time, I was still in Utah. Uh, going through the game art program and everything so but yeah so it was kind of weird timing I I really wanted to do my own thing but I was still going through the whole college uh, program and so it kind of stifled me at the same time I started it <laughs> um, but yeah I really really wanted to make uh, my own games and I, I knew that uh, for a while before then and I just didn't know how to do a business. I, I started it initially not wanting to take myself too seriously. Yabaka in general just means foolish or uh, stupid in Japanese and I was like okay I want to have something that rolls off the tongue well and is uh, it kind of doesn't take itself so seriously. So anyway I had this idea for a game called Chaos Cart um, and Chaos Cart is a kind of a hybrid between like something like Mario Kart and Overwatch um, <laughs> I really wanted to pull away from the idea of, of item systems like Mario Kart has, where no matter what character you choose, it's always going to be pretty much the same experience other than maybe the weight or acceleration difference, um, and really have that, like, unique, like, hero style, like, everyone has, you like, their own style of fighting. Right. Yeah, it reminded me when I was looking at the, uh, when I was looking at videos of it, it reminded me of a fighting game with cars kind of thing, but you're racing. I don't know if you're, are you familiar at all with, uh, with Twisted Metal? Oh yeah. That, that's something, I mean, that actually kind of got me into playing video games, like seriously. And, uh, when I played that, I was like seven or eight years old. Um, <laughs> especially Twisted Metal 2. I was like, oh my God, this is, uh, what have I been missing out on my whole life? Okay. And the thing I really liked about that game is that I felt like it was a fighting game with cars. Yeah. Um, where every car had its own kind of way that it handled its own sort of special attack. Um, some cars were fast. Some cars were, you know, big tanks that you could run people over with. Some you had to just juke and jive. And that was the one thing I really liked about Chaos Kart that I can tell so far because it's not out yet. But I was like, man, this reminds me of like Twisted Metal Racing in a way um, with how everything's set up without an item system, which I think is a really good move. Because it feels like every kart racer that you play, be it Mario, I mean, Mario Kart obviously has the vice grip over, over that genre. Mm -hmm. Um, and every kind of every, everything's kind of derivative from that because of how great that franchise has been, but it doesn't seem like a lot of developers really do 
a ton to really separate themselves from Mario Kart to the point where it's like they're always going to be compared to Mario Kart. Whereas your game, right. even though it does share those similarities, how could it not as, as a kart racer? Um, <laughs> but it's like not having items. Yeah. I think is a really big thing. And also giving every car its own sort of individual personality right. beyond the driver, you know, in terms of actually the mechanics of the gameplay is what it seems like. So I, I'm really yeah. interested in really diving diving deep into mechanics and how you were really thinking about what can I do or what can you do with your company to sort of separate yourselves from the rest of the, the kart racing genre, particularly Mario Kart. Absolutely. So I think everyone knows at this point that like you were saying that uh, Mario Kart kind of is the staple for for kart racer games and so i knew right away that i i didn't want to like compete with them i i i wanted to be like almost like a compliment of like you can tell there's a lot of things that i reference from them as far as maybe stylistic choices or um j just a few of like maybe their systems like the ui systems and how you choose your character and stuff but that's as far as it goes um I've been a big League of Legends, Overwatch kind of player for a while. Like I love competitive games, and every time a new character comes out, you get really excited. If a new character came out in Mario Mario Kart, for instance, I'd be like, okay, cool, I can play as that character now. But it's it's that's just kind of it's just not really the same excitement as like, you know, your next MOBA you know character coming out, and you can tell it's mechanically completely different than the other characters, and so it's like you have a whole new game to play, and um. Yeah, I, I really wanted to kind of delve into that and um, kind of kind of funny. Uh, Twisted Metal was a, a big reference for me, but then also, as far as the being able to attack not exactly straight ahead, um, it was Road Rash. I'm not sure if you remember Road Rash, uh, where you could like mm -mm, play I didn't play that one. Yeah, you you could drive on a motorcycle and and smack people with a bat or or something like that or like a crowbar. Um, and you, oh, cool. you can knock them off, uh, you know, knock them off and explode their, you know, their vehicle. And um, they had a few variations of uh, Road Rash. And I'm like, what? There hasn't really been a, a combat, you know, <laughs> racing game like that, you know, like sort of in like GTA where you could like shoot out your side window. They had sort of things right. like that happening. Anyway, so I'm like, why don't essentially you make a, a, a character tank racer? You know, where where you are able to kind of um, drive straight while being able to like kind of sort of aim in the in the, in the you know first eight hundred eighty degrees. I thought about initially doing it where you could you know shoot anywhere, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, we we're thinking about doing some back casting where you could like quick shoot behind you an ability, uh, and that might still stay in the game. Um, yeah, I think that would be that would be cool. Like, not to tell you how to develop your game, but it's also like you know, if I can shoot ahead, why can't I shoot behind or attack behind? You know, especially when totally. people are coming up on me if I'm if I'm winning. Totally, totally, yeah. And I, I think that's probably the the play we're going to do is um, is like 180 degrees in front of you, and then um, so like 90 and negative 90, and then straight back casting. Um, so as long as it's not an ability that could boost you, so you can not, you're not getting extra like speed boosts um so back casting would have to be a quick casting where you're not able to do like the um maybe the uh, extra powerful version of that attack um so but yeah just to have the agency of being able to shoot behind you i think it just makes sense you can do that in mario kart you can like throw a, a shell behind you so i think that right you know i don't or drop bananas <laughs> yeah, yeah drop bananas yeah, yeah. right um but yeah, I, I really wanted, I was like, you know, there's nothing that that does this um and you know Mo mobas have a good streak of uh staying on top of uh you know the the competitive gaming pool and everything like it was like halo and and then like um the past like 
over 10 years now, League of Legends has been on top for quite a while. And, um, <laughs> you know, I really wanted to kind of merge those. Like my, my childhood, you know, like love of Mario Kart with my new love of like MOBAs. And um, yeah, just really have something different that's like, okay, you're racing, but you're also like destroying, you know, your, <laughs> your enemy racers. And, um, and another way to kind of push away from the norm was uh, to having a team-based element. I really want this this game to be either a 4v4 or a 5v5. Um, similar so there's to, no uh, there's no like free for all. There there could be like a quick mode, mm-hmm. but I would I would love it to if like the the Grand Prix equivalent was a, a team versus team element. Um, right. So that yeah. that's interesting. So how and I'm not familiar with racing like you just mentioned Grand Prix. Like I have no idea how like team racing works outside of like the Olympics when they pass the baton to each other <laughs> and like in track and field. So how how would that work in terms of your your racing? You're destroying you know. You're trying to destroy the uh, the other team's cars while also trying to run, win the race. But how does mm-hmm. how does that all all work? Is it a thing where like if you destroy someone's car on the other team, are they out for the entire round, or are they able to come back, or how <laughs> how does that work? Initially, I wanted it to be that harsh. Like if you can imagine something like Fortnite, where if you destroy a racer, they're completely out of the, out of the game. Um, right. And and basically, you could win by default by destroying all the other racers. Um, but then I was like, you know. I think it'd be a lot more appealing and a lot more fun for people, uh, especially if you're playing with your friends and you don't want to just be out for a whole race and stuff like that. Because a Grand Prix is essentially like Mario Kart, like four races back to back. And oh, right, like that. That yeah, yeah, yeah. And, about. yeah, yeah. And so if you were if you were out and like you know race one and your buddies are like you know there the entire time, you're going to be sitting there for a while just like wanting to play the game and watching them play the right. game. <laughs> So would you be out for like the first race? Like if you get knocked out the first race, would you come back in the second? That that's what we were going to do um, to make it just more appealing for people. We have it to where it's a respawn system. So like you'll you'll respawn uh, kind of in the air actually. So like so, sort of like where you where you exploded from or where you like fell off the track and everything. You'll actually spawn in the air so you can like slam down on the track and. So that's kind of like our version of invincibility, where like when you respawn in Mario Kart, you have like kind of ghost invincibility frames. For us, it's just like you right. land, um, mm-hmm. and so you're away from everyone for a second, and then you can kind of like plan your landing and try to like knock someone off um, with a landing. But so yeah, basically, if you die or explode, um, you'll just quick respawn, and that team will get points for that KO. So kind of like okay. Smash Bros. in a way. It, so. Yeah, like if you like launch someone off the track and they explode, then you're gonna get like KO points on your team. So there's like an extra element with the KO points and trying to win the race mm-hmm. as well. Exactly. So how does that all add up in terms of like winning the overall, I guess, Grand Prix? Yeah, kind of the way I thought about it was, um, say, if someone is in second place and someone is in third place, but second place got no kills and third place got three kills. Well. In that in that situation, the person with more KOs or the team with more KOs might actually take over um, that that spot. Um, and so, like KOs, like maybe like three or four equivalent could take up the next the next spot, even if you won the race. So that that kind of incentivizes uh, basically combat in the game. Is that combat actually will will gain you a lot of points? And if you just race, you'll get a lot of points uh, for your team and everything. But like you won't get any KO points, you won't get any, like, assist points. 
Um, so yeah, at the, at the end of each like track, we're, we're trying to like add it all up, kind of like a Smash Bros game where, okay, you got this many KOs, style points or whatever, um, you know, your, your racing points, and then um, you have your individual score and then you have your team score. And so you're trying to make your team win by the end of the Grand Prix, but you can still see if like you won personally first, but you got, you know, you, your team didn't win at least you know you were good, even though, you know. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's kind of like a conglomerate of those different um, those different elements of, like, okay, I can be a really good brawler or I can just go in for the race, and they'll both do well. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's, that's, that's interesting, blending that many genres together. But I also think it must be a little daunting because you don't really have a roadmap for that, for th- that many different elements coming together. There's not really, at least off the top of my head, you know that many games that try and try and do something like that yeah yeah um exactly yeah so i mean there's definitely a lot of like there'll be a lot of balancing issues a lot a lot of um a lot of things we just need to test um but that's something that so like as i'm making designs for characters and everything and like how they'll function and how they'll attack and stuff i'm like you know i'm just going to to try to make the most fun characters I can and then like rein it in if they're too strong or like, um, or if, if like the, you know, the KO system is, is too OP and you could just fight instead of actually race, then I don't want right. that to happen either. So it's gonna be a lot of back and forth. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the things that sort of jumped out to me is that I, I feel like someone could just be a, be a prick the whole time and just try and blow people up and not worry about the race. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a, that's a, uh, daunting design challenge you have in your hands there, but I mean, I think you know if you guys can figure out how to balance that out. I mean that that's it's really cool. You don't you don't hear about something like this, like I'm saying. So I'm <laughs> I'm definitely interested in it. And you guys seem like you're pretty from the videos I was watching. Seem like you're pretty well into development at this point. Like it's looking pretty pretty polished. Um, at <laughs> least from my standpoint, I'm only, you know I only watched a few of the the videos that I had access to. But uh, how how far along are you guys in development? So um, we're actually we're actually just like we're kind of doing a stream thing too. It's kind of a a, a means to like um, you know get more visibility on the game as well as kind of like trying to generate more development income and everything since we're so indie. Um, but right now we're actually streaming our fourth character, our fourth playable character. So I think once we have at least the four characters, that we'll actually be able to do like you know like crowdfunding stuff and, and everything. But I think. Um, cause you know, as a team based element, I would like to have at least a two V two to show off. Um, right. And, and that kind of thing. And, you know, we could do overwatch thing where we're just playing a bunch of tracers and that's how we test it. But I mean, that's just not, it won't really work the same way. Um, I feel like I, I want to have a, at least like a vertical slice of like four tracks and four characters. And so we, we need to finish off this lap, this fourth character and we need like two more tracks and some polish on the old ones. Um, okay. you know, and yeah, there's some more systems we need to do and just like the full game loop of the Grand Prix and the like, gad- well, so <laughs> fortunately we, we have an amazing, um, engineer who, who has experience with networking and he's been, he's been killing it and, and really helping out with like play testing and networking and multiplayer systems. And my goodness, it could not happen without him. <laughs> yeah. No, I can't, I've never tried to do anything with, uh with online multiplayer <laughs> local multiplayer is hard enough i can't imagine online so yeah. kudos to your your engineer because man that's that's a whole nother ball game so how how big is your team yeah so um so we have a core of like 
we have, we have four people that's a core, and so that those are basically the people that I contract often, and I and I would love to employ people, but it's just just with the way that we were running the funding, I haven't tried to do any like um, any loans, any like debt for the company as much as I can help it. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we we have we have four that are my primary go to, and then we have like a pool of talent that. I um I contact as needed, um, and we have like a development Discord that like I like hit people up and say hey who's available and try to have like two or three people per like pipeline thing. So I have a couple audio guys, a couple you know I have a bunch of voice actors and voice actresses, kind of like yeah. So it's just it's kind of like yeah. I would say about four of us. <laughs> That's like right, but especially in a contractor situation, that can be very fluid. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, a lot of people are just happy happy for the work. And so that's what I noticed is a lot of people just want love having side work and love being acknowledged that, you know, they that they have a talent or skill set that someone needs and everything. And I would love to, you know, again, I would love to employ people. I just haven't had the funds to do so, you know. <laughs> yeah. So But uh, I mean, still, so are you are you just sort of pulling from your own bank account? As you said, you're not, you're not really trying to take on any loans or debt or anything. You're just this is just totally passion thing, and and you're just putting yourself out there. It seems like it is, um, and that's why I'm trying to like make sustainable systems. Like if I stream enough on YouTube, being a coming affiliate and making YouTube money and all that stuff, just like any kind of way I can become sustainable um, without the risk of just like oh I pulled out this hundred grand loan and I also am not finished with the development so. I guess I need to start bringing that back now, and you know. So yeah, I basically make it sustainable right now. With um, so I have my my core job. It's not a arc as another indie company that I work for um, full time during the day, and I'm art lead with that company, and um, <clears throat> and then I also teach at a, a nearby. Uh, so I'm I'm a Washington State, and um, I teach at a university here, and um, that really helps me uh, afford contractors as well. Um, and I've, I've sold some Udemy tutorials and everything like that. So that's bringing in, you know, generating income as well. I have like 2,000 students. And there's there's a bunch of different ways I'm trying to like use development or like game art. So I'm not like just like hustling and doing a lift or something, you know. Um, right. <laughs> but still be able to like make money and generate income to like contract these people out. And so I, I think I, I probably throw about half my income at development or I had for a couple of years now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's inspiration right there. You're doing three different or two different other, uh, jobs to, to fund your, your, your passion for this, for this company and this, and this game. I mean, that's, that's tremendous. The, the more I've, I've, I've seen and heard about old game developers, they are trying to make games for themselves that, you know, like back when like games wasn't really a prevalent thing, they just wanted to have fun and make cool stuff. And I feel like that's kind of where I want it to be is like, I, yes, I think it'll market well. But I would play the crap out of this kind of game, you know, this kind of right. mixture of mediums, and and the polish comes from having a solid team. Like I, I'm I'm very blessed to have these developers around me, and um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> you know, I I I found some people, uh, you know, locally wherever I was in Utah or Washington, and uh, made some cool networks through school, and so there's just. You know, a bunch of different ways. And I also have uh, contracted uh, professionals, like senior to senior artists or senior animators uh, from Wildworks and uh, the uh, Squanch Games, even for the Rick and Morty franchise. Oh, cool! And uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes if you just hit people up on LinkedIn, they'll they're down for extra work. <laughs> yeah, so. and I think too. I mean, 
working your day job and also working as a teacher, you probably also come across a number of people that you might want to hire as a contractor to potentially a student or a, or, or a colleague. Absolutely. I feel like every, everyone's worth being paid for their work. And so I've been wary about like, say like unpaid internships and stuff that people do. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not bashing on that. I think that it's great. It's great to have uh, experience, but, um, yeah, I, I have I have found I have like scouted some talent from uh, from you know, me teaching and everything and uh, yeah, just in general, uh, building up network and everything through school. I'm like I, I've contracted multiple of my peers from school. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's great too because like you know you're you obviously want to make games. You're 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 doing that uh, as your day job, and you're you know you're doing that teaching and you're doing that with the, actually the thing you want to do so i mean you're, you're staying in that world i know a lot of people who um you know have have a passion for something but they do something else by day and then and then it's like oh man i'm worn out from this this uh from my day job and i haven't put enough time into my 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 passion side hustle or my my, my passion project um but you're staying in it which i think is is a really great way to do it yeah i'm trying my best i i I love teaching and helping people, and so I think, I think in a way, uh, from what you're saying, that, like, unfortunately, a ton of people that I know are in that same boat where they, they have a side hustle or they, even their main job is is not related to what they would love to do, and I, I find that super unfortunate. And I I did that for a little while, even when I was in school, I was, I worked two jobs, and you know, <laughs> it was I don't I don't re- suggest that by the way I I. I don't, uh, yeah, I was just really wanting to make this game, so, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, they weren't related to what I wanted to do, and I noticed that even working a little part-time job on something that's unrelated to my passion, I was way more exhausted than working a full shift of what I love doing. It just doesn't make me that tired when I'm passionate about what I'm working on, or games and entertainment, you know, <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, tell me more about working with contractors and what that what that's like so yeah when I, when I first started I actually was trying to do the the old school thing of 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 outsourcing to a different country to save on costs yeah and I struggled hard and I also got gypped a few times um, just you know like the communication gap you don't really get what you want a lot of times so you might think you're saving money but you usually aren't and I'm not there's, there are a lot of great talent abroad, absolutely. Um, and if you can communicate with them well, and you can, um, you know, be awake at midnight during their schedule when they want to contact you, then, uh, <laughs> you know, then go for it for sure. Uh, you know, as a primary English speaker and everything, I was not that didn't work for me, and I, you know, I gave it a shot, and um, you know, had some wonderful experiences and had some bad experiences and stuff. So, I felt that with at least my style of contracting and communication I really need to be during the day um so I'm not burning two candles you know uh at night and during the day so um so yeah at first I tried the international thing um that I would say I would do it again if I found the right company to to contract um but yeah ultimately uh I I like working domestically just for mostly for time's sake and communication's sake um and I like the idea of contracting because you really, you kind of, you kind of get what you pay for in a way. Like, um, like if someone's salary and they're not really doing their their work and stuff, you're paying for some something that's not getting done. And as someone who's like, 
kind of a more of a guerrilla warfare tactics of like financing a game you know you, you kind of every dollar counts right like right you know you, I, I might pay someone thirty dollars an hour because of their their skill set um but if i'm paying them thirty dollars an hour and you know if, I, if they were salary and <laughs> i'm only getting four hours of work then it's kind of it doesn't really work as well for for indie indie like hard like i am like where <laughs> i'm self-funding the whole project um, I, I guess the first step is probably make sure that your legal is right I and mean, make sure that you you have your your paperwork good. And so I actually uh, worked with um, a legal professional, one of our friends actually, um, who helped draft up some contracts. Um, that's that's first and foremost for sure. Um, and so so if you have good contracts and and you have good communication, um, I find a lot of my talent over Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, if I don't find them locally, and um, yeah, so especially like voice actors and and a lot a lot of talent are on Twitter. They're constantly posting their stuff and like what they're up to, and so it's it's very easy to find uh, some amazing actors and talent there, and um, uh, even localization efforts and stuff like that. So international, um, yeah, voice actors, and um, Discord is wonderful too. Finding people on Discord and the uh, the wanted uh, sections. So yeah, that's kind of how I like find people, mm-hmm. and um, but yeah, I pretty much just like you know, hey, I just I, I'm raw with them. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm self funding this game. Um, here's kind of what we have so far, and um, and you know, like if you if you're willing to work with me, then you know I, I can you know I usually ask them their their going rate, and um, you know if I like to work enough, I'll just pay them whatever they pretty much ask for as long as I can can handle it. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm if I'm going to work with you, I kind of have to like, this is my budget for this kind of work. You know, I'm, I'm also contracting animation. I'm contracting like engineering. And so I, I only have like $400 for this month, um, for say like rigging or something like rigging up mm-hmm. characters. Um, and so, yeah, whatever your hourly rate is, I just can't push past that, you know, push past the $400. And so that's kind of how I run it, I guess. Yeah, like, no, I think that's you good know. though. Cause like, uh, you know, if I was a contract, if I was in that situation and I know the budget that, you know, a potential employer has to work with, that helps me make a decision. It also tells me that you have your shit together. You know, we are not just like, yeah. ah, yeah. <laughs> you know, unclear answer, ambiguous answer. It's like, you know, it, that, that sounds like it's very clear, which, which speaks well yeah. to what you're, what you're trying to do. <laughs> yeah absolutely like like the uh the the lead animator uh, well yeah lead animator at wildworks um who helps me out with uh, some animation and rigging right now um like i you know they're around 35 dollars an hour which you know for me is quite a bit to to pay out but as long as you say this is my budget then you know and they abide by that and don't go over and all that kind of stuff then there's no problem. Like, I don't have to say no, that's too much. I'm like, okay, this is my stopping point, you know? Right. It's yeah. So that way you don't have to like, yeah, it's not just like you have to work with juniors only, you know? And I do suggest working with, you know, the starters and with seniors and everything as you feel it necessary. Um, I felt like chaos cart would live and die by its animation, Mm. you know, by its characters. Mm -hmm. And so I really, really wanted some like, solid efforts for my rigging and animation uh stuff you know and also by its multiplayer of course so um yeah and so i'm like I'm, i'll do most of the art you know as far as characters and all that stuff goes but i really really want uh some some experience with the animation and rigging stuff you know part you know and these are some complex 
rigs. You know, this is a vehicle, a weapon, and a character all in one rig. It's not just a biped. Right. There's a lot going on. <laughs> so that's interesting, though, for that, which I think is important for what, you know, how unique your, your characters are in your game. Like you're saying, it's all in mm-hmm. one. But to me, for a racer, right? Like, uh, the way it handles, the way the way it plays is, I would say, in my opinion, more important, right? So I think that's that's an interesting yeah. way to go to go about it to really say like, yeah, we're going to really stand out in this way. But that's not to say that what you're going to do programmatically isn't going to be up to snuff. But it sounds like from what you're saying, you went you probably went more junior. I, I would I would say so. Um, like for a while, I I mostly just wanted. I wanted abilities to, to, to work and everything just like, okay, let's just test a bunch of stuff, you know, and let, let's see what, let's see what sticks. And then when I, when I started doing more design work and everything and, um, started getting in the weeds of like, okay, when this happens, this, this also happens. And there's like a bunch of different combinations. I, I did stay junior for a while and I, I definitely regretted it. Um, I regretted it hard. And the main reason is because multiplayer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> multiplayer is like if you're planning on making a multiplayer game hire someone who knows how to do multiplayer coding it is imperative i i wasted so much money and time um and and i i felt like what what the people did was what it worked for a single player experience but it is it is so much different in how you have to like pre um plan i guess for mm-hmm. multiplayer and like things just don't work in multiplayer that work in single player so, so everything had to re- be reworked from like like a year ago oh and, wow you know we started this game like four years ago yeah <laughs> so was it from like, like the ground up or things. was it from like were you able to still use some elements that were done initially almost from the ground wow. up almost yeah that's a big lesson learned <laughs> like, right there i know like we had we kept we able to keep some of the ui elements and some of the like the physics but that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess that's the good news about doing it, uh, doing it with contractors, though. Yeah. 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 Exactly. If if I had an employee, they just didn't know how to. <laughs> they didn't know how to do multiplayer. I'd like I I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know. Right. Oh well. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but now it sounds like you have a good core four in place that are sort of riding with you, maybe to the finish line. I hope so. Yeah, I, I definitely hope so. You know, having, I think having a core team is extremely important. Like, I'm not a lone wolf, right? I I, I find it super important to have a solid team. I guess it, it it's like having specialists on certain things really makes a difference and saves time. Like, I'm a I'm a hardcore artist. I can't code to save my life, and <laughs> um, you know, I can I can mock up ideas and mechanics that I want to see in the game. You know, design wise but I would have no idea how to code that. And I don't want to spend a decade learning how to code. So, you know, I find it important just to be, okay, if you want to be the decision person, you need to make the money and pay out for your decisions. You know, like if you're going to, you know, like any kind of strategy game, you know, you got to pay up for all the work being done. And <laughs> That's one of the, the fascinating things that has really come across in the last, I don't know, hundred years, I would say, you know, obviously preceding games, but in all art forms, you know, there's always this auteur theory, right? Where, you know, film, the writer, director, um, you know, and everybody's always like, oh man, Linda McCartney and uh, Orson Welles and blah, 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 you know, all these great, you know, artists, but those people also had incredibly talented people working with them and all 
aspects of of their work. And I think the same thing applies to like, you know, really big game directors, um, your Neil Druckmann's, your Hideo Kojima's, guys like that, where it's like, yes, those guys are, you know, creative visionaries and and, and whatnot, but, uh, you know, it, it takes a, a village, however big that village is, to to raise that child. And without, <laughs> you know, a good team, yes. you're, you're probably not going to have a great game. There are exceptions to that rule. There's some people that are able to do both programming and art and make absolutely stunning works. Um, but those people are few and far between. Um, it takes like an unbelievably special breed of, of person and artist to do that. And there's nothing wrong with saying, uh, I love your attitude around it, where it's like, I got to have a good team. I got to have people that specialize in things. I know my limitations, especially with your time, right? You're doing all these different things. I imagine yeah. you're also like the, the, the team lead slash producer in terms of like the creative vision of it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's like, you, you don't have time to learn programming and all this other stuff. So, and, and you're also doing the art. So it's like, yeah. no, you're, you're, it's not like you're handling it in a really good way. And it's refreshing to hear because so many people will go on, on these, on these rants by this is my vision. This is my game. This is mm. my film, whatever. And it's like, unless you're the, the super, super star of the, of the century, you gotta, you gotta have a great team. So it's refreshing to hear that. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, and I don't know. I don't know the exact term. It's like the, we're standing on the shoulder of, shoulders of giants, right? Like, like the none of my ideas here are really like new. It's just like a hybrid of ideas, right? You know, um, like <laughs> I, I guess I, I I kind of see it as like all all this stuff is is a group effort from from the OGs in game development and everything to 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 my my kind of ragtag team that we're we're kind of making and everything and um i just kind of see it as like i i want to give opportunities and i want to i think it's probably a big reason i started baka bros was because i i i wanted to make my own games yes but i wanted to like give other creative people opportunities to to work and and to feel acknowledged and stuff like that i think it's it's really hard in the game industry to like get a spot and so if if I can help a few people get work, which which was actually a really cool, like when I, I had a few people say, "Hey, like you know, having uh you know having Chaos Card on my resume actually like helped me get a job, even though the, the game isn't out yet, people can see what it's about and they can wishlist it on Steam and you know like yeah, I worked in this mechanic and we have footage of that mechanic and I you know that helped me get a job like that's dope. I love that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> that's gotta be super rewarding, and yeah, <laughs> that's a testament to the the project you're working on too. So, and and I imagine you know a lot of the people that have worked in the game have, have introduced ideas or done things that you never even yes. thought about. Absolutely, yeah, that made the game better. Yeah, so. so so many things that like that are like that. Yeah, like like yeah, <laughs> I, the game would not be where it's at uh, without without the input of multiple, multiple people and everything. And this is all just of an idea of like, well, yeah, if it just, you know, tank racer with people on it, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like right. Mario Kart Overwatch, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and it just, it just expanded and people love the idea. I mean, it was kind of hard to explain at first. Like, it was kind of funny. Just like, I, I think it was hard to understand until I had my first two characters playable and like, multiplayer first started and I was able to like actually get a test of like two people hitting each other and driving and then I think it clicked with a bunch of people like oh that's kind of dope actually <laughs> you know? right right <laughs> oh yeah it's tough because it's like uh you know in the 
in, in film when we pitch a, an idea, you know, a lot of times when you're pitching, you you reference uh, two movies that the the that the movie you're 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 writing uh, reminds you of. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Goodfellas meets Pretty Woman, which would be a very uh, very odd movie indeed. But you know, <laughs> like Mario Kart meets Overwatch would be kind of similar to that, where it's like, what the hell are you talking about? And then when you actually see it, it's like, oh, yeah, that could that could work. Yeah, <laughs> that's the hope. <laughs> Uh, and this game really makes me. I, I watched a video. The, one of the videos I watched the other day had this. Uh, it's like a. What was that was a dump truck, but it was like a, a truck <laughs> with like a crane on it or something that could like slingshot other cars around. Oh yeah, yeah. Bucky with his tow truck. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the tow truck. I don't know why I said dump truck. Tow truck. Yeah. And I was like, man, there's a great chance for some emergent play here. I'm not sure what the intended the intent behind the mechanic was. To me, yeah. it was to be like, oh, I could use that to grab a teammate and slingshot him forward. I imagine also you could use that to grab an enemy and throw him somewhere else where he doesn't want to go. Yep, that is that is the intended thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's great that there's these multifaceted ways of, of that you're using your mechanics because I think that opens up a lot of chances for emer- emergent play. Like players are yeah. going to start using these things in ways that you're going to be like, "What the hell?" And that's going to be really cool. I hope so. Uh, yeah, he'll have a lot of fun ways of like uh, really offering crowd control or just the ability to like move people around like. Even like second second ability is like a banjo hoedown, right? Where he spins his cart, and so if you grab someone and spin them, you can fling them in any direction you want to if you time it right. Um, yeah, and so, that's awesome. Yeah, that's very twisted metal. That reminds me of uh, <laughs> the newest one, the the PlayStation Three one that came out. There was like a helicopter that had a magnet, and you could like. <laughs> pick up like a teammate and then like you know have both of you shooting from the air, mm-hmm. you know while you're carrying your teammate, or you could. Uh, you, know, you can pull someone out that's about to die and fly them to safety, or you can also grab a an enemy and drop them off a rooftop or something. So that's that's really cool. That reminds me. That's very twisted metal. <laughs> I have to play this game when it comes out for sure. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll definitely have a lot more play tests, uh, especially when we have our our four first cast, like our first like uh, roster and everything, and we we get everything running a little smoothly. Like uh, multiplayer has been a challenge, but I. I think we're we're almost there as far as uh, gameplay goes. Like, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's coming cool. a long way. <laughs> Are you guys gonna have? Uh, I know it's Steam. Is it gonna you gonna try and get it on any other platforms and consoles or anything like that? Yeah. So um, somewhat ironically, um, we we're actually gonna be going through Epic soon. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, we had it through Steam uh, currently, and I think that helps with some visibility and everything. And we might still we might I'm sure we still will sell it on Steam. Um, but our, our core thing is like, if we can get it through the Epic store and, um, and Epic's multiplayer systems allow for a cross platform, which is the big reason why I wanted to do this. Um, and so, yeah, we're hoping for PS5, um, and, uh, yeah, PS5, PC, I actually don't know if graphically we could be on Switch. I, I think it'd be fun if it was, but I think we need to wait for the next gen console, uh, for Nintendo before we, you know, work with them and everything. I, I just think that you, like when they had Dark Souls on the Switch, it was just bad, like graphically yeah. bad. Um, yeah. Like re- remaster, I'm like, oh, cool. So are they going to make it better? And, it, you know, I, I should have looked <laughs> before I bought it. But yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is like, you just down everything. That's all you, that's mostly what you did, you know? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so I, I don't think graphically we'll be able to manage uh, Switch, but hopefully maybe the next-gen console, uh, PS5, and and maybe um, 
maybe Xbox One as well. You cool. Know, yeah. Well, if you guys are doing that, I since I know multiplayer design is really hard, but man, this this sounds like it'd be really fun to have have uh, split screen local couch play. Even though I know it's sort of a dying uh, dying breed. Yeah, I, I would love to. Yeah, I pretty much any any uh, any current system that like like that Mario Kart can do, I would like to be able to pull off if we can. Um, yeah, I, I know that has its own challenges for sure, but yeah, I would I would love to be able to do that. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Couch co-op is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's some of my favorite stuff to still still do with folks. Um, so you also so you have voice acting in the game. I do. And tell me about your process of, of directing actors. Yeah, so um, I, I was trying to put out a video uh, this past week, and i just been caught up with my work and everything. So I'm like almost done editing this video with a whole session with our, our newest voice actress, Risa May, uh, who also worked on Genshin Impact, which is pretty dope. And a few animes, um, and uh, yeah, she she was a, a charm to work with, absolutely. And um, but yeah, it's it's really it's really chill. Um, you know, similar to this, I'll I'll have them record their own audio on their side, and um, and I just I basically contact them usually via Twitter. Everyone has like their demos out on Twitter and everything. Like if you want a VA, just go on Twitter. It's <laughs> like they're all they're all there. Just hashtag VA I have work and you'll get DM dumped for hundreds of people demo wanting to <laughs> and <laughs> um but yeah, you know, there's just some amazing talent out there. Um and so yeah, you you like I what I did was I I posted I had a uh, screenshot of my character and uh, some concept artwork and everything and um, I said hey I have this new character um, that I want to you know have some voice work for and uh, yeah I had a ton of people reach out and everything um, I I would suggest if if you're gonna do it have a few lines ready for people so they can they can actually send you pointed lines and like um, maybe give them a, a, a a sentence or two about the character and how they might sound or, or are they aggressive or are they sweet? That kind of stuff. Um, I think that's one thing I, I will do from now on. Um, so that's not just kind of like a blind, just like, I want to work on your game thing. Um, so, but yeah, I, I pretty much just jump on, uh, jump on a call and, uh, you know, beforehand, of course, I let them know how, like how, like I asked them about their, their cost and, and also if, if they are part of a union, you have to also watch out for that. Um, yes. Yeah. If they're part of SAG, be yeah. wary. That yeah, I didn't I didn't really understand what that was for a while, and so I'm like trying to hit up these you know upper actors and actresses and everything. Like I tried to hit up um, a Clinkin Beard for a Monkey B. Luffy essentially. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was down to do one of my characters, but she's lasting like four grand. <laughs> I'm right. like, you know, I would love to have you on the. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't. That's more than I'm gonna pay grand. a developer right now. You know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that it, it probably is worth it to have some known voice actors and voice actresses to like hype up your game. Uh, you know, if you if you know someone that you like watch the anime or or you watch their, you know, you play the game that they're also in, then that could bring up hype. Like, for instance, like uh, every movie Kevin Hart's in or something. Like, I'm sure they sell a ton of units because he's in it. Even though, like the the I don't know the the animal animations I had um, where he was like the rabbit and stuff. Like, I feel like that probably sold because Kevin Hart was in it. You know, <laughs> but um, anyway, again, I'm, I'm raw with everyone. Like, I you know I just like let them know like hey, I'm self funding this project. Here's some gameplay. Um, you know, I can run about this much 
um, per page and everything. And if they if they give me a counter offer, um, like Risa gave me a counter offer, and I was still okay with her with her rate. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was happy to pay it. You know, she was really really talented. Pretty much just like uh, I, I gave her just my whole spreadsheet. I have very much like a spreadsheet of like voice lines and um, like I have a scenario like you fell off the track or you died or you passed someone or you got first place. I have like all the scenarios in the left column and I have like usually three to six voice lines per scenario. So it doesn't mm-hmm. get old, you know. Um, so then I have like my audio guy and my engineer um, help like randomize those voice lines so it doesn't proc the same voice line every single time. Right. Um, yeah, and that it, that helps is having variation. And they can also add fake variation where they like change the pitch a little bit from a recorded line and so it just sounds a little bit different. Um, anyway, but... <laughs> um, sounds like you're starting to give a little more information on the characters to the actors, which I think, you know, would yes. definitely be, be helpful. Not being on a set not doing it in person with somebody um you're just all alone in a room like having as much visual um stimuli slash references and in- information on the character it's got to be even more important i think in, in voice acting uh, i think it's a very underrated art form yes i do too i do too absolutely yeah it, you know recognize that if you have voice acting that you'll if you want it to be sold abroad you'll have to do localization and so that's going to be its own scale thing and all its own costs, right? Like if you wanted it sold in Japan, then you have to go through localization in Jap- Japanese, uh, very likely, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot to it. Absolutely. But I think, I think you're right. I think it's, I think it's underrated. Absolutely. When you did have your run in with a, with a screen acting guild actor who's going to charge you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that happened before they were like committed to your project. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because that I, that happened to me. I have a really. I have a war story uh, for you. So uh, one of the things I do <laughs> is uh, on the side is independent film, and the first uh, feature film that I made as a producer, we were casting a, a, a very important role, sort of a villainous role uh, in our in our film. And, you know, we were non-union entirely, mm-hmm. and um, this was like the last big domino we needed, and. We were shooting in, I think, two months and maybe even less. I think it was less. I think it was like uh, maybe three weeks before we were about to shoot. And we, we had cast this guy and he did a phenomenal audition. We were like, oh, man, he's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And then we find out like right when he's about to sign the paperwork, he's like, oh, yeah. And then, you know, there will be SAG fees and stuff like that. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. Oh, <laughs> what do you mean there's going to be SAG fees? And then we you know talked to SAG and. Uh, they were just very like, they have all these different tiers of, of rates, you know, be a, you're a big movie that's, that's unionized or your student film or you're completely independent, which is what we were. And, you know, like it was going to wind up being like, um, a good amount of our budget was going to go to this one actor. It wasn't even like one of the main characters. He was a big character, but it wasn't like the protagonist or anything. Right. And so it just got to the point where we had to recast and yeah. it, uh, it worked out, but it was it was scary. So I'm glad you didn't have a thing where it was like, all right, we're getting ready to record. And then he's like, I, I need all this money. And you're like, what are you talking about? Because like when you're when you're saying that, I was like, oh man, I just had some PTSD. Oh sure, yeah. No, I I feel like that person should have let you know in advance that that's yeah they should have uh, to yeah be like by the way, like 
did they not talk to you about it initially so they could get the part and then just kind of throw that on you? Like, that's, yeah, maybe. I mean, we, when we said too, you know, we put in the casting call. We're independent. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be SAG eligible, but if you're part of the yes. union, sorry, we can't we can't have you just because it's going to be too much money. I I totally support you know voice actors and voice actors to be able to make a living and everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I just I just can't afford it. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> for specific know? projects, you just it just can't it can't come together. Yeah, exactly. And that's just the nature of the beast. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I imagine you want to keep um after this game comes out, you're gonna to wanna to make another game with with, with Bakken Bros. I mean this seems yeah. like to be like the thing that you want to do is have your company run it the way you run it and uh keep creating the, the things you wanna make. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do I do have some other ideas for uh for titles and everything. I think I would love to have this run for a while, if possible. Um, I, I have so many ideas for for racers, different mechanics, and everything that I would I would love it to have a cool run. You know, I wouldn't know if I could say it, like league, but in a way where it it's it lasts for quite a while in a competitive space. Um, right, and you can make updates and stuff like that. Absolutely, like oh, new racer yeah. every you know five months or four months or whatever it is, and you know just keep it keep it updated and, and make other cool stuff and new game mode. So people keep, you know, stay interested. And yeah, there's, there's a, a bunch of stuff we're, we're considering and even how we like do tracks and stuff. So I, I do, I am very focused on chaos card at the moment, but I do have some, uh, some backup ideas and everything just in case. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I kind of have like this like notebook of like different ideas and everything. And it's like, I, I could pull from any of them and hopefully one of them would stick. <laughs> so, yeah. Cool. Yeah. But I, I am so focused on just the, the day to day and like, you know, if I'm not working in my day job, I'm setting up Jira tasks or I'm communicating or I'm making models. It's, it's everything, you know, it's my, all my day, you know, I, and you know what, if I, if I can, I spend some time with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> right yeah <laughs> i was about to ask it's like yeah what, what time do you have for your, your personal life <laughs> I, I i do pur- purposely set aside some time uh f- for that i i hate that it feels so scheduled but it it's unfortunate that uh to be passionate you don't you can't always stay balanced um yeah well she's a keeper man if she's putting up with all this oh she is she is <laughs> <laughs> she definitely is. Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you about that I meant to ask earlier. Yeah. What, what's your level design philosophy for this game? Because I find that kart racers sometimes it can be frustrating when you have too many obstacles going on. I'm like trying to pay attention to, you know, I'm going so fast, I'm trying to use items, and then something comes out of nowhere. And, you know, those things in Mario Kart, I can't remember the names, but the big stones, you know, that, that oh, yeah. come down yeah, and stuff like that. So, what's it like? Do you have a lot of obstacles? Is it pretty open? Um, what what's going on in your environments, your levels? Yeah, so we've actually had a lot of discussions about this recently, um, and we're trying to do some some fun blockouts for it. So <laughs> we 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 have some pretty unique ideas for for tracks, um, so that other characters and like your your enemies will be your main obstacles. Like I do have some ideas for obstacles, like for instance, like we have a a, a castle level for, and then we want to have like raining arrows from archers you know coming at you and everything but you'll you can see like red spots so you can avoid the red spots and kind of that kind of like that so you can kind of know mm-hmm. where they're going to land um mm-hmm. so those are like precursors um and i think everything that you would be um an obstacle in the track would have like precursors of like okay you you know where it's going to land or you know it's going to hit um but uh so we have a, a lot of ideas for 
what could be an obstacle, um, including like ice and and like water that can like slow you and everything. Just like with the Mario game, um, we have the idea of having the rough terrain on the sides, uh, you know, where you're, you're slowed like twenty percent or whatever. Um, but if you're a heavier character or a flyer character, because we have like our broomstick uh, mage and we'll have like a ethereal pirate, you know, character who's floating, then you actually you're not affected the same way by rough terrain. So some hmm. characters just are will be different, but they might have like reduced like agility, for instance, or they might fly further right. to get hit because they're flying, um, you know. Well, yeah, this is going to be fascinating because you have so much more going on than your average Mario Kart or Mario Kart ripoff. Uh, you got team... I mean, not that Mario Kart doesn't have teams, but you got team play. You got all these really in-depth mechanics with all these different cars, and all the cars are so individualized. And then you got, you know, the whole thing where you're you're doing, uh, you know, knockout points, trying to win the race. Mm-hmm. And then how do you put that all in, in an environment to make that work? That's 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 a challenge, man. <laughs> you're, you're biting off a lot off the... Uh, <laughs> Off the prime rib there. I, I, I know the tracks will need to be wider than typical because it's a, you know, if it's a 4v4 or 5v5, I don't want too much clustering. It's going to be hell to play. Yeah, it'd be a nightmare. Right? So yeah. I do want choke points, of course, that will have to, you know, kind of, you know, kind of converge. But I think a wider track than Mario than Mario Kart would, would have, um, as well as we have this idea of, like, having stall points, where, say, if you go into this... Um, the cylinder area, for instance, like a cylinder arena, you're actually stalled inside the cylinder arena. Everyone is for 10 seconds. And so even if you're first place, you actually might be able to like, like last place might be able to still attack you within a small gap of time because everyone's stuck in the circle for 10 seconds, no matter what. And then of course you're, you're released, you know, after 10 seconds, but there might be like three second time frame where last place can still try to damage first place. Um, and and yeah, so we're 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 considering like actual like super unique tracks like that and seeing how it plays. And if it does if it's not, then it's then it's not. But it sounds like that would take some skill. You're not blue shelling people to death. Yeah, yeah uh, you know, I I, I hate blue shell. Uh, <laughs> of course, you know, <laughs> I, I really do. And we had alternate ones where like, okay, what if like you you drive um, all the way up to the hill and come back down the hill, for instance, of like. So you're actually backtracking on the same track. And so when you converge, like if someone is behind you and you're you're making a loop around the end and then coming back, will there be like converge fighting then as well? Right? So like if you're coming back around the same track, but you have to like hit this totem or you have to like like pass a certain line at the end to like start re- returning. So then you're on the same track and will there be like fighting then? So we're gonna do a lot of testing and to see what what's fun and what's different. Um, I don't want this to be like your your very very average car racer uh, in any circumstance, but we probably will have a few typical more typical levels. <laughs> that's oh sure, uh, yeah, long form. <laughs> that's just gonna be cool to see all those elements come together and how you guys uh, how you guys figure that one out. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, Daniel, it's been uh, it's been awesome having you on the show. Thanks for for coming on. Uh, tell the fine people out there where they can find you and find out more information about uh, Chaos Cart. Sure thing. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, so yeah, you can you can find Chaos Cart currently on Steam. Um, also, if you uh, look up Baka Bros on Twitter or YouTube, we're pretty prevalent on there. We're doing game development and tutorials on the on those areas, and pretty much just like recording our development uh, for the game. And um, hopefully, hopefully, eventually, you'll see uh, you'll see our stuff on uh, 
stores near you, you know? <laughs> cool. Well, Daniel, thanks again. I, I'd say take it easy, but that sounds impossible, what you're trying to pull off here. So uh, I will just say best of luck with development <laughs> and uh, keep kicking ass and look forward to seeing Chaos Cart on the Steam store. Thank you, Graham. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right, and that's our interview with Daniel Peterson. We want to thank Daniel again for being our guest this week. Find out more about Chaos Cart at bacabrosentertainment.com. That's B-A-K-A. B-R-O-S entertainment.com. All right. And find out more about Mudstack at mudstack.com, where you'll find links to our Twitter, LinkedIn, and where you can join our Discord. I want to thank you all again for joining us this week. We will see you next time on Clear as Mud.